We got him. You can't read these letters and think anything else. It's proof. Yeah. It is. This is good work. Should we take it up to Ben? Uh, no. Not yet. Why not? We got, we got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll print that story when we get it, but we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush this story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, someone else is going to find these letters and butcher this story. But Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. So, we'll write a holding story and keep our eye on the Herald. Keep our eye on the Herald? Yeah. They run this and they get it wrong. The church will bury it. We got to do this now. Mike, Mike. What? Why are we hesitating? Baron told us to get law. This is law. Baron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that'll put an end to this. Then let's take it up to Ben and let him decide. We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew and they let it happen to kids. Okay? We could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We, we got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that, that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. You finished? Yeah, I am. This is bullshit. Slams door. (laughs) Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the Lord. I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Because this is Facing Off, a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar and we compare, contrast, and rate them. Today, we're diving deep into the newspapers, baby. We got All the President's Men versus Spotlight. I'm Gabe. Joined with me, as always, is Nick and Layla. How are you guys? You first. Me first. I'm good. How are you doing, Nick? (laughs) I'm good. Um, very few people are going to read this, Gabe, because it's a podcast. Oh, yeah, true. Fuck, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, I can, I'll write out the whole transcript so people aren't <laughs> going to be able to read it. Uh, we are also joined again by a uh, previous guest, uh, the future Stanley Kubrick, uh, Mr. Alec Goldberg. High praises. What's up, man? The Stanley Kubrick part. No, dude, you're going to be a... He's a... Alec is a producer, director, filmer, editor in L.A. Right? Fabulous. Uh, is you that how you that. would describe it? Yeah. Pro, uh, production designer as well. You do it all. He does it all. Genius. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just a huge movie fan. So we had him on for the Steve Jobs episode, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's been begging to come back. What was that, and... Steve Jobs, Bohemian? Oh, that was you yeah, on the Bohemian like episode. Bohemian <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fun. he had uh, he had some good hot takes for that. Um, let's uh, let's kick it off, Nick. Uh, w- uh, welcome back, by the way, Alec. Um, <laughs> Nick, what the hell happened in these movies? Let so, us know what the synopses are. Today we have Spotlight versus All the President's Men. Two academic, uh, academic. I wrote academic. Two Academy Award nominated <laughs> or awarded movies in which we, the audience, observe the goings-on of an investigative uh, journalist, slowly two investigative journalists or more, 
actually, slowly mm-hmm. uncovering a shocking truth about a major sociological pillar. In spotlight, the unfake news brings down the Catholic Church's pedophile problem in all the president's men. Woodstein brings down tricky dick with an assist by the garage freak, Deep Throat. <laughs> garage freak. <laughs> what a disservice to a fucking hero. <laughs> what a great band name, too. Yeah. I like it. Garage Freak uh, is a is a that's a oh, okay. It's not a great band name. It's okay. It's uh okay. yeah, we're doing these two movies because I don't know, it's kind of obvious. They're uh two extremely famous uh Academy Award winning journalist movies, you know? What totally. fucking better reason to compare them. But also it's Sundance week uh, right now, and so it's perfect timing to talk about a Robert Redford film. Uh, and just quickly before we go through it, and you actually just called him Garage Freak, or at least his character, uh, rest in peace to Hal Holbrook, who just passed away this week. Uh, absolutely terrific actor. This is how close I should be. Uh, you should be pretty <laughs> close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was trying to pull it towards you. If that's a that great figuring out the mic over here for the fans. <laughs> so the Alec is just going to talk about what he's supposed to do with the microphone. The whole time. <laughs> you know, why are you excited to do these two, Alec? Um, because I feel like all the president's men uh, gave birth to Spotlight, and Spotlight doesn't exist without that movie. And just in rewatching them. Spotlight seems like a matured version of All the President's Men and True something that, that developed the genre over the 40 years to get to Spotlight. And it's almost like a masterclass of investigative journalism genre that doesn't exist without All the President's Men. Not to say All the President's Men was like the first journalism yeah. movie. And that was our episode. Well, Thanks, audience, for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Alex, for everything being here. Fully handled. You can find <laughs> us all across You can find us on... <laughs> You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can look us up, <laughs> uh, facing off pod. Please do that. Um, all right, let's just kick it off then. Uh, I'm actually going to moderate this one, so I will not be giving my scores, but I'm going to keep these three knuckleheads in uh, uh, in check. On We're track. About to get yeah, so on crazy, track and in Gabe. check. Get ready. Um, it's going to be wild. We break <laughs> movies down with five categories. Uh, we're going to use our standard categories. They are spectacularity, actoring, originality, eye candy, and legacy. We're going to use a scale of one to seven, one being lowest, seven being highest, and four being the middlest, average, neutral, in between. Yeah. Let's kick it off (laughs) with spectacularity, guys. Uh, This is where we talk about how engaging the movies were. And given that we're talking about two mostly drama films – uh, I'm so curious what you guys have to say in terms of the engagement of these movies. Let's uh, let's start with Layla. Cool. Ladies first. All right. For which one? What yeah. movie? Uh, let's do All the President's Men. Ooh, shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> How engaging was it for you? Um, I feel like I like didn't realize this. Oh, so upon rewatch, I had only seen this. I think I had technically seen it all the way through one time before. But upon rewatch, I think I realized I don't really love this movie. <laughs> I don't really Whoa. like All the President's Men that much. Um, I, but don't get me wrong. Your point is unbelievably valid. It is like, you know, things like Spotlight exist and grew from movies like this. So that's great. But um, I gave it a four. I think it's kind of average as far as spectacularity. And I think that's because I felt myself getting 
really angry when I was watching this movie as I was watching it. Um, and I think obviously that's a problem for this category if you're thinking that much while you're watching a movie. But I felt like this movie was trying to do something that it didn't need to do. Sometimes I felt like it was trying really hard to be like an art film and an indie art film at times with its like, and I'll talk more about this in Eye Candy, but like with its art direction and its shots and its visuals, I just like, I almost like, and this is a very long movie. Both of them are, they're both over two hours long. And with, I'll talk about Spotlight. With Spotlight, that didn't bother me. With, with this movie, I found myself consistently being like, why is this shot still happening? Like this, this could have been cut in half and it was not, it was not necessary. I feel like they, the pacing of the movie wasn't super great for me. And it's really unfortunate for me when I like, like the storyline of a movie, when I find myself in a scene being like, all right, need us to move on a little bit. Like this is, this is taking a little bit of a toll. And that I remember it specifically with like the scenes where they're going door to door to see people and they're just getting shut out by people. Like I just felt like that kind of dragged on. Like they went to a lot of homes and it was the same kind of shit they were getting from people. And then there's literally a shot at the end of that. It's like an overarching shot of the city as they're driving away, which was cool in the beginning. And then it just kept going. Like it just kept like the shot just like wouldn't end. And it, it ruined it. I was sitting there like, why is this not cutting? Why is it not cutting to the next scene? Um, Interesting. So I had a hard time with that. And it, okay. it it brought down my engagement level. Like I'm going to give it better scores in other categories. But specifically with engagement, I did sadly find myself multiple times having to pause and be like, what's happening? Fair enough. <laughs> That's that's totally fair. Let's actually I'm gonna send it over to Alec because I know I want to uh, hear his rebuttal. He was he was said. a little reactive during that. I know <laughs> he was squirming in his seat. <laughs> what did you think about the engagement level of this movie? In comparing the two, I definitely find this less engaging than Spotlight. Um, but I will say the most engaging part about it is the shots. The cinematography. <laughs> I'll get to more in Eye Candy. Um, but also that it's kind of a different genre. Um, it's like a paranoid thriller movie. And so true. It's shot as such. And like that's the big difference for me in spectacularity between these two movies is like there is no thriller element to Spotlight whatsoever. That's a really good point. Um, and I think that element of the movie kept me much more engaged than the journalism element of the movie. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. <clears throat> that's, yeah, well said. What about you, Nick? Totally. I would. Uh, Alec took the words from my my mouth. Like it is. Um, <clears throat> it's not the journalism part that's engaging. It's the. Well, I mean, you know, they don't get caught because like it's a true thing, and we all know about it. But like, they really do seem to think that they're going to get caught or something bad is going to happen, and they're being followed. The, yeah, I, I think that the two. I mean, this is bridging into another category, but I think the two main performances also really keep me engaged in the movie um where spotlight we'll talk about it later but i don't i don't think that it has the <laughs> level of like the magnitude of of performance isn't isn't there um it's also kind of mm. funny that like uh like watergate is like not that big a deal now <laughs> we're just like mm. <laughs> dude i was gonna ask you guys you know like in the context of what oh, just no happened, yeah i mean like nixon was a bad dude but he wasn't that bad though yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part for me is like time period and context plays a huge role. And the fact that I actually like lived through what happens in Spotlight 
This is not lips. Not, not lips. even just that. It but like was alive while that happened. One of the allegations was in our in your hometown, town, right? Yeah, in our hometown. So yeah, yeah we definitely um, lived through it. Um, I, so I went. I that. went five. I don't think either okay. of them are to the gen pop would be uh, like riveting or described as riveting. But I mean, Spotlight might get a slight nod. President's Men gets a five. We'll talk me. about. Talk about Spotlight then. Just kick us off. With, I think that uh, a big part for that. <laughs> I might have been because I listened to it in my like my like nice headphones. Uh, this watch, but Spotlight's um, soundtrack keeps Your you so score is so good. S- or score keeps you so <laughs> it's glued. So in. good. <laughs> It's like <laughs> I love the score. I thought the same thing. Love Not it. quite like uh, that, but yes, I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's also something like really viscerally disturbing about it that they play. I mean, obviously, because the subject matter. It's it's just more like Alex said. It's it just hits you harder. Not just because we lived through it, but because it's like viscerally disgusting and disturbing. And they do a really good job of making you feel what the characters are feeling as they're like, wait, how many fucking priests? How many? What percent? That's, that's this many. And you're just like, Oh dude, Jesus Christ. That's too many priests. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I gave them both fives. I honestly spotlight might be like a five and a half. Okay. Alec, I'm going to kick it to you <laughs> just because you were laughing. And I think it's because, uh, you and I had a conversation. So Howard Shore is the one who did this score, and we had a conversation about this yesterday. Are you guys gonna like uh, dunk absolutely. on Howard Shore? Because I'm not here for it. <laughs> no, I love Howard okay. Shore. I th- obviously, Lord of the Rings has one of the best scores of Don't all. Don't come at me right now. I, just not this score for me. Oh, okay. Also, I gave all the presents men a five for spectacularity. Okay. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Spotlight. I gave a six. I find. For a movie that really should not be as engaging as it is with that subject matter, it's incredible. Um, To what you were saying, Nick, it's there really is a political element to Spotlight as well. But what Spotlight has that uh, All the President's Men does not is you're dealing with a faith element. You're dealing with the fact that it's children and it's like hitting home a lot more. It's a lot more apparent how it's affecting all of the characters um, than it is in all the president's men. But additionally, I think spotlight is incredible in how it lays out its sequences. And I kept like marking these moments where it was like that whole movie is just sequence after sequence after sequence. And it ends each sequence ends with like a line that hits home and like brings you into the next Mm -hmm. sequence. And it's like, there really is not a dull moment um, for a movie about investigative journalism, about the church molesting children. (laughs) Um, And as far as score, Gabe and I were talking about this and I think we're kind of on agreement that like, I don't think the score is that good, but for whatever reason, it works so well with this movie. It fits this movie so well. It's super weird and goofy, but it it just works. Yeah. Like I wouldn't like, I'm not going to plug it in while I'm running. Exactly. Like, I mean, I I love listening to soundtracks all the time, but this is not a soundtrack that like I would enjoy listening to. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it works really well for the movie. And it also suits the montages really well. Yeah. True. Totally. I, I, uh, you guys didn't touch on this, but I think like the emotional moments in this are also, they hit really hard and that's why this is such a popular Well, I haven't gone before. yet and maybe I was going to yeah. touch on it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, oh, we're missing something. 
Uh, well, it's, yeah, I was just it, gonna move on without you. Great I, moderating uh, game. Bang up job. <laughs> Killing it. Um, I literally wrote like. Speaking to your point, Gabe, I literally, the first thing in my category for that is human. Like, it's just such a human story Mm. and everything about it is so emotionally driven. So it's hard not to be engaged. And um, I think this is just like a masterclass in how how well, like, well writing can pace a film just perfectly. And like, it's just so unbelievably well written. The way that like the story flows, how well you can follow the way they're investigating it. The like shocking moments the like the very intimate conversations they have um yeah you guys all touched on everything else as well but like i i sorry i gave it a six i think it's i'm never there was never a moment while i was watching this where i was like taken out i was just engaged it's i've seen this movie multiple times it's one of my honestly maybe one of my favorite best picture winners i love this movie so so much and it's because i'm obsessed with human like drama and this is the this is the epitome of a human life real life situation drama that engages you and is also educating you at the same time like i've seen it multiple mm-hmm. times and every time i watch it i'm just blown away by how much i learn and understand um and yeah. it's just it's a fun journalism movie and and it, it'll in every category i think it ties in that this is for me the version of all the president's men that i always wanted like this is what i wanted of a journalism film and it, it perfects that. I think it really is such an incredible journalism movie. And it um, it, it ties in human drama with the um, journalistic aspect of it perfectly. So it was a six for me. Nice. Well, you guys kind of touched on this a little bit in this category. But why don't we talk about actoring now? Uh, actoring is where we talk about the performances and... Um, not only were the actors good, but did the writers and directors help them, uh, you know, be the best that they could in this movie? So actually, let's start with Spotlight, since it's such an ensemble cast movie. Um, Alec, why don't you kick us off with this? Um, <laughs> I, I, like, don't know how to give it anything but a seven. Like, okay, nice. All of the performances are so well, are so good. The... the cast ensemble they just all work so well together um and like you were saying layla i think the best part about this movie is the writing um and all the characters like just nail all of their lines um as far as directing i'd say the uh intentional choice to make this a more bland cinematography style i don't know more muted cinematography style um works and is like a super risky directing decision that works really well and it's actually like the most interesting contrast between these two movies that yeah I totally is yeah. that <laughs> all the president's men is super over stylized and this is like <laughs> as muted and subtle as could be um but yeah as far as acting i mean like the performances are great the writing is great the directing i think for this movie great um i don't really have any criticisms Love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, Layla, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm almost to a seven. I'm like at a 6.5 if I'm allowed to give a 0.5 rating. Um, I just did, so you are. Okay. Uh, I. This is like, I don't think I've ever seen a film that signifies the importance of like an ensemble the way that this movie does. Like, 
every single character plays a vital part and they do their part and it's just unreal subtleties like no one in this movie comes in except mark ruffalo i'm sorry but like comes in and does a whole lot like everyone in this movie plays the perfect amount of a part of an ensemble and i love that like rachel mcadams comes into this movie and she's just great at what she's doing like she carries herself in the moments that she's in and then when she's out of it, you can pay attention to the next character. Like, I've never fully pulled into one character while there's a bunch of people sitting in a room. And I love that about this ensemble. And obviously, you've got freaking just the greatest actor. Like, you've got a cast of, like, Stanley Tucci. And you've got some of the greatest actors of all time. Oh, Tucci giving, gang. Tucci gang. Just giving. And Stanley Tucci is, like, one of my favorite human beings of all time. And he's been, like, yeah, posting yeah. videos of making drinks online during quarantine, by the way, if mm-hmm. anyone wants some fun videos to watch. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he's oh, the best. Yeah. He's incredible. He is just one of the most... I don't want to say underrated because I think a lot of people do love him, but I don't think he gets talked about enough. I think he's just unreal and incredible. And in this movie, he puts in such a nuanced, beautiful performance. That scene in the diner when he's talking to Mark Ruffalo kills me every time I watch this movie. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's just unreal. Like there are so many incredible actors in this movie that just put in unreal performances. And I don't I can't just sit here and be like, there's not one person that I'm like, that that person did it, that person carried it, whatever. Every single one of them was vital to this movie. And it's a, like that it almost deserves a perfect score. I don't maybe I should I should you know what I'm giving it a seven. Just move up. <laughs> I'm just yeah, giving it a go. seven. <laughs> Nick, uh, what did you think? Counterpoint, Liv Schreiber. <laughs> he's crushing it. He's killing it every oh, time. He's so he's good. On screen. Is that a counterpoint? So, he's also he's great. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> You yeah. said that there like isn't one person that like is excels mm. above the rest. I'm kidding. Liv Schreiber excels? can have my <laughs> Liv Schreiber can have my children and keep them. Uh, I'm right. so I am so happy that Nick just brought else. up Liv Schreiber. Yeah, dude, he is just nailing it in this movie. It's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. So fucking good. They're so all awesome. so good. It's, I can't believe he wasn't recognized they for it. They really do so a great deep. job balancing screen time between all of the characters. Totally, but yeah. also like. Giving them all a very clear arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like they all have an like a redeeming great moment in the movie. Yeah. I, I was at uh, six Tucci, until though, I realized that my favorite in this movie. Wait, who is Stanley Tucci? Is your <laughs> yeah. Nice. Just, he has like three. We love that. We're a big movie. Tucci podcast. Yeah. yeah. We, we are the biggest. Um, Nick, what did you say you were going to give it a seven? I was going to give it a six until I realized that Mark Ruffalo is impersonating a, a person and doing it really, really well. Because yeah, I think I his performance is sort that. of odd. It's a lot, first. but he's actually doing such a good job of the real man. Like, such yeah. a good job. And he was always, like, he would, like, ask the guy who was on set uh, often, like, the other couple to people. To read out the him. lines. He'd be like, can you yell at someone for me yeah. so I know what that sounds uh, like? Uh, <laughs> and it was just, like, just so cool <laughs> that they were, they were in person. They were, they were impersonating people they had them there and consulted with them and met them and like had dinner with them to understand what they totally. went through as they uncovered this and the guy that they keaton were in the background played, in uh fenway yeah yeah and the guy that keaton played was basically just like if keaton did something illegal under my name they would literally arrest me because he just is me <laughs> like he he genuinely was like he just embodied me in every possible way fuck yeah um a good a good uh, kind of 
<clears throat> I think a good summary scene of of what we're talking about. How the movie is just like nuanced and subtle enough, but it conveys like a really powerful message, or the um, or it conveys a lot of information with very little. Well, while doing very little, is that first mm-hmm. scene between Liv Schreiber and Michael Keaton when they're at dinner? Oh yeah, yeah. fantastic scene. Super when he's like working on something. Yeah, the yeah. baseball conversation. Yeah, you like learn so much about those two characters in a conversation that doesn't seem like a script. It just seems like Nick. Two- did you notice uh, Richard Jenkins was in this movie? Yeah. Richard Jenkins the on voice. the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Cause this, uh, Tom McCarthy, the director loves, they uh, work Richard together. Jenkins. Yeah. Let's, yeah, he's our let's dad. move on. I gave it a seven. Uh, you gave it a seven. So those sevens all around. Um, let's move on to actoring for, uh, all the president's men, Nick, uh, since you were just going, why don't you keep going and talk about, okay, uh, Mr. Dahlberg. I mean, Gabe, um, <laughs> That that line where uh, Redford messes up and says the wrong guy's name is not that's actually just he messed up. And then they he stayed in character so they kept the line. Wow. Which is awesome. And right, I think that the, the Dahlberg phone scene with uh that Redford is just just he's just acting, dude. He's just, just acting. Acting so hard. <laughs> And Hoffman is back there being legitimately fantastic the entire God, way through. I love Hoffman so much. But, like, the coffee interview is just, like, yes, this movie is not as engaging as Spotlight, but and and but there are some scenes that I think are arguably better than any one scene in Spotlight. <gasps> Such as? Yeah, yeah please name, explain. Name one. You're on the, the spot. Do the it. The first time no. Redford, I mean the iconic garage freak scene. That's not my line, yeah. by the way. They say garage freak in the movie. <laughs> right. I didn't just I refer to Hallbrook as a garage freak for no reason. God rest his soul. <laughs> uh, that scene, the Dahlberg phone scene, and Hoffman's coffee interview. And the subsequent yeah. scene where he's like, I've had like 20 cups of coffee, and I'm really trying to, get to, trying to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. this, and I'm really trying to make you understand... <laughs> But imagine having – I just had to keep drinking coffee. It, Nick, what did you give it for acting? So I went – I'm waffling between a five and a six because some of the background performances outside of Redford, uh, Hallbrook, and, and Hoffman are just not um, – just not killing it for me. There were multiple nominations for background – quote, unquote, background <laughs> uh, performances, Nick. So And one of them won. Who? Uh, let's – uh, Jason, Robards. Jason Robards won. For, he was like their their boss or their boss's boss. The one with three lines. Yeah. He was in a lot more of this movie than you give it credit for. All right, Alec, what did you think actoring for All the Presidents Men? I gave it a five. Um, like really well done, but I feel like Dustin Hoffman's kind of playing Dustin Hoffman in this, and <laughs> I, I, I didn't find either of them to be like super challenging roles. But I find the directing in this movie so cool and just, like, super risky. And Gabe and I were talking about this yesterday, which maybe this falls under another category. But the fact that this movie was made four years after Watergate versus Spotlight 14, 15 years after it is, like, mind-blowing to think that, A, they had the nerves to do that. But B, that they were able to just like execute and put it together in such a short amount of time and have it have the impact it had is crazy. Um, but yeah, I just 
didn't I wasn't blown away by any of the performances and I think Robards winning the Academy Awards most confusing thing in the world to me. Agreed. I don't he didn't raise his voice. He didn't like he was I I actually I I have him as one of the low points of the movie for me. Yeah. It is that time that I have to remind everyone, and I've done this a couple times on this podcast, that Beatrice Strait won Supporting Actress this year for Network, and she is in less than five minutes of that movie. So that is more ridiculous than yeah, Robards. but that's not part of my discussion I here. I just I, – I need to remind that is the worst Academy Award ever. Layla, what did you think actoring for All the Presidents, man? Uh, I gave it a five. And just a heart five. I think it. I think. I think Hoffman and Redford are great, and they have some really fun scenes, and they put a lot of work into this, and it's evident. And the writing of specifically their two characters is really fun, and I think the writing really aids the two of them and gives them a lot to work with. So I do think they deserve all the praise. I could care less about every single behind character. And I think those bosses are just playing on every trope of what a boss in a journalism office is supposed to act like. And it's lame. So I just, I don't, there's no, I, I can't even remember. I can't even remember anybody else. I don't remember anybody else. Not a single one of them. It's just the two of them. So five for just Redford and Hoffman. <laughs> no love for Jane Alexander, who was yeah, nominated as she well. Was. Nah. She was great. Okay, I'm going fine. six to make Fair a enough. point. <laughs> okay. I, I love that, Nick. Um, Did you follow well, up with McLeish? Sorry, I, I had to say that line because <laughs> McLeish is the most <laughs> Boston thing I've I love ever. that name, dude. <laughs> Layla, um, let's stick with you. Let's move right. on to originality. Um, originality is where we talk about how creative the movie was, but also how does it stand out in its genre. There are a lot of journalism movies and a lot of journalism drama movies. Um, not a, not a ton of journalism thriller movies, although there's probably more than I'm just like not thinking of. Um, lions for lambs is a good one. Uh, yeah, there's probably plenty. Um, Layla, what did you think about originality for all the presidents men? I feel like this is such a bad category to put me on because I really don't I like I thought about this a lot and I feel like I just don't know enough. I don't so all the president's men <laughs> I haven't given a score to. But I obviously I think it deserves a higher <laughs> score because I do think it sets the precedent for a lot of these types of movies. And I do think it's it takes um you made a really great point at the beginning about it being more of a thriller as opposed to just a journalism film which a lot of these movies tend to stay with mm -hmm. just like the writing and the journalism aspect of things so that's like that's fun and different and all of that so i'll give it a i'm like looking at your guys's faces i'll give it a five <laughs> for originality <laughs> I think that's a good enough score. It's so tough when it's based off of a real story. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, um, I don't, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. both of them are based off of real stories. I think it's kind of hard. I, I'm just going off of like the genre and the films made around it and whether it's like based off of other films. And I do think this is like original in the sense that it kind of started and inspired a lot of other movies. Like the director of Spotlight references all the president's men when he talks about Spotlight. So five <laughs> yeah okay so five out of seven for layla what about you alec would you I think about the originality? A six. um okay. 
I was just looking up best journalism movies, and every <laughs> list I found, it was everything it's on there. started in 76, and maybe there's like Citizen Kane, and I can't even remember what that Cary Grant I did see Citizen is. Kane as well. But yeah, and it's like all the other ones that came before yeah, I guess are that like is. the 40s, and then all the journalism movies that you see on these lists come after that year, so... I mean, I think it gave birth to a genre a pretty much. And yeah. like Citizen Kane and any movie that came before that, it might have been about a reporter or a journalist, but it was not a genre film. Yeah. Um, mm. So, and I think blending it with the thriller aspect at the time, I mean, I feel like the paranoid thriller was not super original in the 70s. Like, right. that was a very popular thing. Like but Hitchcock-ian. like, I think blending it with the political thing <laughs> made it super unique. Um,. But the only reason I don't give it a 7 is because I just don't have the contextual information to n- truly know how original it was at the time. You guys it's didn't a, do it's, your homework. It's a weird Nick, genre, though. It's did. a weird genre. Yeah, Nick definitely will know. <laughs> Nick did his homework. What did you think about originality? Really setting me up. I didn't do a lot of homework on this. <laughs> Which is a, a, non, it's a non-denial denial. Doesn't that line yeah. kind of sound... This is a sidetrack. Doesn't that it's a non-denial <laughs> denial sound like it could be a Seinfeld episode? It's an undenial denial. It's an undenial denial, George. Right? Come on. Yeah, like a half good Jerry Seinfeld impression in that too. (laughs) It was half good. Yeah, that was a lot. Okay. (laughs) What did you think about originality, Nick? I um, I think that Alex's point about it not being like the 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 paranoid thriller being like a very seventies thing to do is the reason that I didn't go seven. I went six. Because it does, like, yeah. really launch a genre, but also there is, if, if you really, like, overanalyze it, there's an element of it that is, like, did you put the paranoid part in here the way that it is because you because that's, like, very popular at the time? And we don't know the context because we weren't living mm-hmm. in 1976, but it do, it is like like the shot of the the library and the scene where where they're kind of zooming out and it's sort of kaleidoscopic, or the scene where um, uh, Redford's freaking out because he thinks someone's following him. Like those seem very like you know like Psycho or Rosemary's Baby feeling kind of um, mm. things. Um, and so you know I, I went six. It it's cool. I wish there were more movies that tried to do both things that this did i think that yeah some of them come out yeah it's kind of like a dying uh subgenre of drama um, yeah or drama and thriller yeah um layla why don't you talk about uh spectacular or sorry originality uh for spotlight i just love spectacularity so much that i always want to say that but uh what'd you think about the originality for uh spotlight layla I hate that you're putting me on the Pause spot with this for category. Um, All right, uh, Nick, what did you think about the originality for Spotlight? Do you actually want me to go first? Yeah, I do actually, because I really I need some guidance. Uh, this is gonna be controversial. I went four. Oh, I kind of I was teetering oh. on four or five. That's what I was teetering on. I think it explain beat, yourself. It beat for beat follows what happens in All the President's Men too closely for me hmm. to be completely. Now it's it's much different movie. I think that overall it's a better movie. Um but I think that beat for beat it is 
very similar to what happens in All the President's Men. They even get set off track at a, at a similar time in the movie, in in a in, in the the notes of that scene where they're set off track feel a lot like All the President's Men. Too question. much. I have a question, boys. Ha, does Eddie? I'm going to mm. rack all your brains. Is there a film before this that calls out the church the way that this movie does? Uh, um, mm. All dogs go to heaven. Because <laughs> if there isn't, I, I'm there gonna rack be. up my score. Because this is like that's yeah, that's but, like some scathing shit. But was there an investigation prior to the investigation that happens with the Boston Globe? Like, like maybe there wasn't a movie because there weren't. I well, this did come out like what 15 doubt. years after. Yeah, I guess doubt would be a good. But one. without Spotlight, um, we don't get that shitty show with Jude Law. The young Pope. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Or the two related at all. <laughs> um, There's yeah. something to be said oh, about that. That's a good question, Layla. But I, I think Doubt would be the only one. Yeah. And that was a play, right, before that. Um, yeah, that's a good question. So that kind of helps like it a little bit. Or, or helps it a little bit. I think bit. it helps it, yeah. Because, like, yeah. obviously, in general, these films are kind of hard, I think, in like for this category because they're both intensely based off of very real-life stories. And even mm. earlier, we were talking about how they had, in Spotlight, they straight up had every single actual human being on set to, like, imitate, <laughs> basically. So yeah. I just... It's hard for me. I want to give it a higher score because I love this movie so much. And I do think just in like the genre itself, it created a better and more innovative way to make a film like this. But it's hard. It's not that original. Like the actual like storyline, like there's the there's the storyline aspect of it and what it's based off of. And then there's how they decided to make this film. So I'm having a hard time grading it off of that alone because I think they contradict each other. Help just me. go with a four yeah. and play <laughs> just it go safe. right in the middle. <laughs> what are you, are you actually going to give it a four, Layla? No, I'll give it like I'll give it a five. <laughs> okay, and what about you, Alec? I gave it a three. Okay. Uh, oh my god. Okay, go nice. go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with. I think the point about the Catholic Church is a great one. Um, I guess it is a little original in that, um, <laughs> but. I don't find anything about this film original. I just think it's everything that's already been done, done perfectly. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's super true. Such a good way of putting that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think there's even moments in the movie we were talking about when um, there's a parallel when Mark Ruffalo goes and meets with Mitch Garbedian and he's sitting in his office waiting and the assistant isn't letting him in. Just and like, like Hoffman. A direct reference yeah. to yeah. Uh, Hoffman and All the President's Men. Um yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that I find, I guess, original about this is just the cinematography approach. Um, oh, ooh, hold that, because we're going to move on to yeah. I Candy. Hold that. Is, uh, but, <laughs> so you gave it a three? I gave it a three. Out of, out of seven? All right, well, let's talk about Eye Candy. Just talk about all the visual elements of these movies, and let's stick with Spotlight. And since you are a director and a camera person... Tell uh, us. What did you think about the Eye Candy, which you were just hinting at in Spotlight? Yeah, um, Spotlight is intentionally a very desaturated movie, um, and I think it just highlights the actual content of the story and that journalism 
is not a glamorous job and that it just requires a lot of unglamorous tasks to be able to create a final story. And I think the movie does a really good job of showing that through its cinematography. With that said, it's still not like gorgeous cinematography. So in terms of the word eye, the words eye candy, like, um, it doesn't jump out. It doesn't jump out for me. It's not like, uh, very impressive. I actually think some of my only critiques of this film are overkill on some of the, what should be very nuanced shots. Like, where you have the church in the background, or, like, she comes out of a priest's house, and there's, like, kids that go by on a bike, and it's, like, they constantly are, like, hitting you on the head with this <laughs> stuff, and it's, like, I get what they're trying to do, but it loses its cool factor when it's not a subtle thing anymore. Um, mm. But as far as how it's shot, I mean, the shots are... Can I ask you a yeah. technical question? Yes. So there's that one shot where it's following the reporter in his na- he go he runs out of his house to that house in his neighborhood mm-hmm. where they I love keep that shot. Pre-suit. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was that handheld. That had was to that be steady a steady cam? cam because okay. there's like no shake whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna ask. It's still you that a very too, dramatic. Like, that shot. must be the best <laughs> yeah. handheld shot I've ever seen. That it's too, so good. There's just like no shake. I was like that has It's to be so cam. cool and it goes around him too. Yeah. Um, Cool. Uh, what did you think, uh, Nicholas? Uh, I think there's something <laughs> to be said. So disappointed, I didn't go with her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think there's something really important to be said about how much is conveyed by being subtle and by not um, true that by literally not dressing things up. Um, and the same thing. I mean, the actors in part because they're probably very familiar with their subjects or the the people that they're essentially impersonating are are able to convey a lot just with a look or um i don't know why that the scene that i'm thinking of as i say this is like the one between Rachel McAdams and um and the victim who's really early mm-hmm. to breakfast i love their interview is so, so great much. and it's just like two cameras and they just kind of go back and forth and that's it they're yeah. dressed very plainly nothing is going on but you can just like feel it and it's it's partly because the the guy that's playing the victim is just so good at, at what he's doing but it's also just the little details in there and the fact that it is subtle i did not notice the like ham-fisted things that Alec is talking about, but I hate things that are ham-fisted. <laughs> not going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a six. Wait, what did... A okay. six for eye candy? Okay. What about you, Layla? Uh, so I, I... I definitely think the subtlety of the choices made are one of the best things about this movie, and that ties into the eye candy and the visuals as well, as has been said multiple times now. But I think that like we we like it's so easy like we talk about cinematography and stuff. There's so many other aspects to eye candy that I do also love about this movie. Like I also love the staging of how everybody stands in this movie and when you have that many actors and how you're able to incorporate them all in a space and make them all as present as the other person and as important as the other person in a shot and how you stage them and how you move them is really important. And like I was actually thinking about that scene 
with Rachel McAdams when she's walking with him when they leave the coffee shop. I love the way they stage her and how she's interacting with him with her body language. And I think visually it's really beautiful. Um, and then just to, on a technical level too, like they ver- like literally recreated the set. Like they, like the, the real life people said that they couldn't even tell the difference. Like it was a, a literal recreation of the set, which is so beautiful. And it, and it does, it ties into it. It makes you feel that way when you're watching it. And I also love the subtleties of the costumes. Like I know that sounds silly because this is not a costumes film, but like they dress down Rachel McAdams and it feels right and it works. And I would never normally think that that's okay. And it really does yeah, that's work. A cool point. And she never dress down Rachel McAdams. <laughs> like I just I I found myself noticing it. Like I was watching her in these kind of like larger fit clothing pieces that like are trying to make her feel more like this like you know, like working all day long journalist and it works. It really does. And that's not an easy thing to do with a gorgeous actress like Rachel McAdams who walks red carpets in beautiful gowns. Like it's, there's a lot of subtleties to visuals that play into movies like this and creating an environment that makes you believe these people are journalists, you know, that matters. So, um, I gave it a six. (laughs) I, uh, I think putting Mark Ruffalo in running shoes, jeans, and a polo <laughs> is like the most believable wardrobe yeah, I love I've it. ever seen. Yeah, uh, and, and and you guys all kind of like touched on it, but the the editing in this movie is is mm. so great. How they yeah. go back and forth between the victims, especially the scene that you were highlighting with um, the um, the guy who who shows up early to the uh, coffee shop yeah. or whatever is eating breakfast, and it's going back and forth with the guy who has track marks on his arm. Um, let's move on to uh, all the president's men eye candy. What was your score uh, there? Alex? Which sorry, Gabe, five five. No worries. Um, are you keeping score, Nick? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Um, I actually had a moment uh, yeah, where I was like, I don't know who is, and I'm slightly. I was, right but now. I'm really bad at math. I, and we I'm can so glad. We, Nick just is assume our, I am, unless I've asked someone else. To. Nick's our quant. Um, <laughs> let's talk about all the presidents, men, which I actually want to start a, a quant. Sounds you know, like in Big dirty. Short when they're talking about that. Um, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Let's talk about uh, all the presidents, men, because and I want to start with Alec and Layla. Let's start with Alec. Um, because you guys both were talking about this with uh, spectacularity. So, Alec, what did you think about the eye candy in this movie? So, this movie doesn't even come close to being one of my favorite movies of all time, but as far as cinematography, it's up there. This movie is so well shot. Uh, It's Gordon Willis, cinematographer that did Godfather, Annie Hall, Manhattan, a.k.a. The Prince of Darkness, and... (laughs) He just creates these shadows that are so cool and lights everything so well. And it's like, why? Like, this movie is such a great example of why film looks so much better. Um, Oh, you're a big proponent of film versus digital. Yeah, like, the colors in this movie are great. As far as uh, you were talking about recreating the set for Spotlight, they actually did that for this movie as well. They took trash, they took furniture, all from the original office. That's so cool. Um you were talking about holding these shots too long. And uh, another thing they like, I love that. I love how they incorporate the split diopter where you're getting like the dual focus of like the foreground and the background. Oh, I love that. I do love that. Yeah. There's a, there's the one shot 
I didn't realize how long it was when I was watching it. Like, halfway through, I had to stop and be like, wait, when did this start? It's a six-minute shot of him at his desk towards the end when, on, oh, when it's on the left side of the, the screen, TV, you're yeah. seeing, like, all the people crowding around the TV, and he's, like, on the phone trying to hear the guy's voice, and it's like, you're putting the audience in this, like, the audience is distracted in the same way that he is. And oh, there's, like, all of these things going that. on in the yeah. background that is just, like, metaphorical for what's actually going on for his journalistic uh, journey. And there's a shot after shot after shot that's so creative. Um, and I think that is what, and we'll get to this later, is what has allowed this movie to have the legacy it has. Um yeah, Gordon Willis is just the shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, Layla. Wait, what did, did you give it? What did you give it? I didn't hate it. What did you give it? Seven for eye candy. I know you don't hate it. Um, seven. Yeah, Layla, what did you think about the eye candy? I, th- I mean, I, th- I absolutely think it's super innovative. I, this is just not the, the visuals I wanted when I went into this movie. I think that's the problem. Like, I, <laughs> I, uh, it's, when I when I walk into like a political drama, it's just not what I expect. And obviously, you made an incredible point at the beginning of this podcast. This they're tying in a thriller to this movie, and I was not expecting it. I didn't really want it. And then when they brought in those shots, it just didn't work for me because of that. Um, hmm. I love I love all the nuanced shots they do inside of the newsroom. I think they're incredible. I loved the blurred shots and then the focus on two points where you're understanding just how unbelievably chaotic it is and you're really feeling that. I disagree that it should be that long. I think you get the concept and you can do that in under six minutes. Uh, I I feel like that's the thing with long takes is it's either like... You want to just keep going and keep going, and once you're at that like three minute mark, it's like yeah, whatever. I, I love long <laughs> takes. I'm more like I get bothered when there's not enough editing in the movie to just bring it down, like we talked about with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But yeah, and I think I mean for yeah. me that's kind of the thing here where it's like there were gorgeous shots and beautiful moments, and I just think they kept it going for too long. And if they had cut mm. it and edited it the right well, and in, in the way I would have preferred, I almost just said the right way, but the way, the way <laughs> you need to do a cut of this movie. The way I would have preferred. <laughs> you just decide and, how you want it to look. Oh god, um, it just. It just, it was too long. And I and I think maybe I wouldn't, I attested that to the visuals because I feel like there were so many moments where they wanted this gorgeous shot and they kept it going for that shot. And that's, that was unfortunate because I do think it was innovative and cool. Anyways, I gave it a five. Mm. <laughs> okay. A five? Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, there are a couple things that I really should have taken notes on so I remembered to say them. Um, the... <laughs> The first one is uh, a scene that we haven't talked about is, I mean, talking about long shots, I mean, how many of those shots don't work for you, Layla? A fair amount. What's All like of them. <laughs> three? Four? Two? I, I don't know. I, like, over 50%. Because I would say that... of them didn't work for me. 60? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, go on with your point. You told me you called me a quant. Uh, I think that I think that for as many scenes as you're like, mm, okay, I chalk those up to like 
this is a movie from 1976, and there are just that's like, super fair. Just <laughs> stuff in 1976 it's that they the did 70s with movies for you. Yeah, where you're like, okay, well, I mean, like we learned from that, I guess. We stopped but, like, doing that. <laughs> for as many scenes as that doesn't work, there are scenes like like the the scene that that Alec was talking about, where they're gathering the back. The Dahlberg scene is all one take. That scene where he's mm. like trying to. Where Hoffman it's is talking. It's all the scenes in... that are not in the newsroom. It's all the scenes that are extended that are not in the newsroom. I'll okay. put it that way. Okay, so it oh. like it like works in the context of making you feel. I as I enjoy the chaos. being in the environment that they're in and understanding that environment because of that like because it's it's supposed to be a prolonged chaos. You're supposed to be like in it, right? You're and he's yeah. on this phone call okay. and you're you're starting to build the anxiety and tension of like holy fucking shit, everyone shut up. He's on this incredibly important phone call right now. So that I get and I understand the purpose of that. But literally I it's in it's like it keeps flashing into my brain that overhead shot of the city where you can <laughs> yeah. distantly hear them talking in the car and it lasts so long and I don't know why. Like <laughs> it's, it's just not seventy six. Sure. There are a <laughs> there lot of go. movies in the seventies that extend um That's just the thing. They were yeah. just trying it out, man. Yeah. The seventies were all about <laughs> experimentation. Another element of eye candy we didn't talk about is that this a lot of this movie is shot from a voyeuristic point of view and mm. long lenses. Ooh. And True. I actually do think that that was less common at the time. And mm. it's not super original to this movie. But, like, um, I think this movie played a large role in what, like, voyeuristic cinema kind of looks like. I mean, that's a super like good point. And stuff yeah. like that. But, and, yeah. I mean, you've got those, like, iconic garage scenes yeah. with... <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with Deep Throat that are like just so iconic, like those are yeah. those are yeah. scenes that are replicated in, and um, paid yeah, homage the to. On and Deep Throat's face. Don't yeah. let me forget about Always Sunny. Okay, All right. a- and um, and one other thing I want to say is yeah. I'm, I'm gonna a I'm gonna give it a seven. B, um, nice men's suits in the seventies just slapped so hard. Yeah. Oh just yeah. Just slapping. Just beige I was, uh, another, and killing it. Another eye candy thing that I was going to bring up. I, I had forgotten about this until I rewatched it this time. I've seen it a few times before. But the way that they start the movie with the like really loud like typewriter, but it's like oh very zoomed into each Oh my god, it's so letters, loud. It's, it's like not just really, a typewriter. It like, kind of gets you ready for... Um, uh, for uh, the thrills of the movie, but at the end of the movie, it's and like a telegram. At the one. end, yeah, it's definitely the same thing at the end. Yeah, because it's pretty like. Loud. I believe they're both just the standard typewriter, but they're just fucking with the sound well, design. It, I think it's it like a telegram tense. because it's no one, no one's typing it. It's one of those automatic ones where they're receiving yeah. a message. The end, is, the end is the end is the telegram, like and message. I think the end is really. I, I like went back and forth on if I liked it or not, but I ended up really liking it. It is like oddly artsy. Where the rest of the movie yeah. is like not, and then you've got the twenty-one gun salute playing on top of the sounds of of the typewriter. But the typewriter yeah. sound at the beginning of the movie is not just a typewriter; it's a typewriter and a gun oh. and like something falling or like dropping yeah. on the ground. Oh yeah, and they just lump right. pieced it all together. Layla, Layla, you have a, another point about eye candy. Yeah, I put my hand up before y'all. we move um, on. <laughs> yeah. It's not about eye candy. I just realized I I know we're going on to I think our last category here, but I yeah, forgot legacy. to say something a long time ago that I do really want to say about this movie. Um, I did you guys not feel like the way that they wrote 
the content of the movie was really confusing. Am I the only one that was like, I don't think that they're oh, explaining Watergate, Watergate well? Yeah. So, that's something I actually forgot to bring up earlier. I, sh- I wanted Spotlight. to bring it up in spectacularity, but I, did, I didn't. I, and I, had to, I had to go back and rewatch scenes for that reason, and I was like, what, are the, yeah. what would they have done in 1976? Yeah. Like, it just, that. it's not, and I guess we could talk about this in Legacy if we want to go into Legacy, but, like, I just, I realized, I, I have this huge paragraph of, I hated how they wrote this movie. <laughs> like, I... Oh, and, and this is William Goldman, like, one of the most famous uh, playwright or, or screenwrites. Well, William, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I was really, I was... <laughs> <laughs> no, I found it confusing as well. If you didn't really know exactly what happened at Watergate or just anything after Watergate, I found it confusing, but I think yeah. it was more intentional because they were focusing on other aspects of it. They were really getting to who was involved higher up and how do you, how do you provide the evidence that those people, but they kept involved. talking about, yeah. and it, Maybe this is me, but like it definitely pulled me out that I constantly was like, "Who are they talking about? Where is that money trail going to?" Like I was, I was so confused while I was watching this movie. And don't get me wrong, I'm aware that I can't like follow political things quite as closely as other people can. But still, like you're making a film, you want to make it so that like the layman can try to understand what is happening. Yeah, Uh, I think. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm done. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think something... Spotlight is incredible with its exposition. I think yeah. because of the <laughs> genre, like it's very easy to provide exposition in an investigative journalism movie mm-hmm. because that's just the nature of the entire job. They're constantly explaining to each other what they found and what their leads are. Um, They're exposing. So Spotlight does a really good job with that. And then... <laughs> I think all the president's men, I'm totally the same way. It's much harder to track, but I think that's just the entire point is like (laughs) these characters don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't understand what they got themselves into. They're in over their heads and they're just lost throughout the whole movie pretty much. And I feel like it's intentional the way they make you feel that. I'm not sure I like totally enjoy it as an audience (laughs) member, but I I don't think it works. I think it suits it. I think yeah, they sure. tried to do that. Right. I just don't think it worked. I think that they need to follow Let's up re- with McLeish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, God damn you. Um, <laughs> let's wrap up with our last category. Let's talk about the lasting legacy of these movies. Um, how you reacted to it when you saw it. How it's aged over time. Um, how other people reacted to it when they came out. Um, let's start with all the president's men. And, and and obviously, you know, just right off the top, these are both like highly critically acclaimed like highly celebrated movies um which has to be helpful for both of them um Layla do you do you feel comfortable starting with uh all the president's men thank you for asking I should ask that um (laughs) Uh, yeah I do I gave it a seven I do think it's one of the most famous of this genre it it set the precedent for so many movies within this genre it is an incredibly famous redford and hoffman role like it's just it kind of embodies what this category is about like this is a well-known film that if you say the name alone even people that don't watch a lot of movies know what you're talking about like i do think this is a very well-known uh journalism drama thriller film and again it set its precedent for its entire genre so Seven. (laughs) 
And oddly enough, the Academy didn't agree with you because this year, uh, <laughs> this is wild to me at least. And I wanted to bring this up because I want Alec to respond on it. But um, this year had all the President's Men Network Taxi Driver nominated for Best Picture, and all three of them lost to Rocky. Rocky. Uh, which is a great movie, by the way. It is just wild to think that the Academy took like kind of a risk like that at the time, where these were at least Network and all the Presidents Men were more of like so standard the taxi driver Oscar band. Yeah, that that as well. So, Alec, what did you think about the legacy for all the Presidents Men? I mean, uh, so this is what I was thinking about comparing <laughs> the two movies. <laughs> if we went around to to all of us and asked to say a line that we remember from Spotlight. I bet each one of us could come up with our own they separate know! line and like at least three of them. This movie's Follow the Money. It's like yeah, uh, writing-wise, like oh, that's shit. what I remember yeah. from it. Um, and again, it kind of like set the tone for the genre moving forward. So legacy-wise, it's huge and I constantly see it referenced in things. Specifically, it's Always Sunny, sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, has an entire episode about it. Um, which honestly... Like took rewatching the process. Which uh, episode is the? It's when the, he's selling his garbage patch kids or whatever they're called. <laughs> so good, yes. Yeah, like, uh, garbage pail kids, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's like meeting Frank in the parking lot, and it's all shadowy. There are a lot of like, deep, I know the deep throat thing was a real thing that happened, but there are a lot of movies that have copied the deep throat moment from all, yeah. all the presidents, man. Yeah. Um, so that's a good point. Uh, Nick, do, what did you think about its legacy? I mean, you, you've you got the fact that everyone has it, is at least like, yeah, I've heard of that movie, if they haven't seen it. Like, you, you know what it is. You mm-hmm. know that it's the movie about Watergate. You know that it has that iconic imagery associated with it. I mean, it. I, I have to feel like it, it just has to get a seven. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like, it has yeah, and everyone, just almost everyone watched it in high school for a class, so it's yeah, become uh, a pretty important movie. Really? I, I definitely did in one of my classes, but it might have been my film, uh, film and literature mm-hmm. class. Um, all right, let's talk about Spotlight, uh, which won Best Picture. Um, yes, it did. Uh, yeah, so uh, Alec, why don't you talk about that for Legacy? I gave it a six for Legacy. Um, I think it's a just its impact on the world and like yeah. informing a lot of people on such a large institution has it's just has a major impact. Then in addition to that, from like an academy and film standpoint, uh, it won Best Picture. It I know this may be controversial. In my opinion, I think it should have won Best Picture. Oh, hundred percent. No, I. Hundred uh, percent is, is where I draw the line, but yes, it definitely. I think it deserved it too. Uh, I was I would have given it to Sicario had Sicario been nominated, but it wasn't. So. Um, <laughs> um, beyond that, I don't really think there's much to say about it. Like it's just a, it's a memorable movie. It has a lot of great writing that you can that you remember and you take home with you. And there's just as I was rewatching it, this was my second time watching it. So I, you remember everything from it so well when you rewatch it and you like know what lines are coming and it's like it's a, has a lasting impact on you and and 
and this is kind of switching uh, categories, but going back to kind of acting, like the emotional impact of this movie on you compared to all the president's men, in my opinion, makes it have better legacy and yeah. have more of an impact on the viewer. True what, what about you, Layla? I gave it a seven. True, true that. So she agrees. Yeah. I gave it a seven. I. Whoa. I just think that like whole point of film is to like leave you with something bigger than just the movie. And this is like, this embodies that like it's, this is one of the biggest stories that has happened in our, our like uh, what we've lived through and it does it perfectly. It deserved to win best picture. It's one of those movies. That's one best picture that aged well and people still love it and people still think it deserved to win unlike shape of water. Sorry. I'm going to reference that every time we talk about (laughs) every time we talk about best picture. wins. I don't think you guys understand, Uh, (laughs) but he's like a fish. He's like a fish man. She fucks a fish. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, I just, I just think it, it's It's about the psychological connection between two. I just I think it like I think it's only going to continue to age well I think people are going to watch this movie and constantly be reminded of this important thing that happened in history and it's something that needs to be reminded because I I don't I almost don't think it gets talked about anymore enough and it's a good reminder for people that this happened and that it's a real thing we all are, th- I'm sorry, I almost said we all, three of us are from Los Gatos, California, and three of us did not know that Los Gatos was listed at the end of this film, or me and Gabe didn't, and, like, it is a constant reminder of how important this topic is, and it does it perfectly, yeah. and I think it's going to continue on, and I think when people think about the church and they think about the legacy of the church, this film is going to be in that conversation. So I think it's... Oh, I it's, mean, the, the it's ending... It's never going to die. That, that's such a great point. The ending of that is, like, probably the most impactful. I mean, it, everyone's <laughs> reaction it once they start seeing all the cities is just wild. And this episode is not brought to you by the Roman Catholic Church <laughs> or the Archdiocese <laughs> of Boston. Um, all right. So that concludes it. Uh, no, Nick. Nick. No, it doesn't. Concludes oh, sorry. It, Nick. N- you know what? <laughs> Fuck Nick. <laughs> Nick, what did you think about Spotlight's Well, dude, legacy? this is this makes this please tank very it. bad. I'm not going to tank it. I am going to give it a 5. Because I will speak for the layman and I don't agree with this. I think that Layla just said and Alec probably said too that more people should watch this. Uh and they would like it and feel it. Um but I'm not sure that they do I I there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Spotlight got um, overlooked almost uh, by some people, um, even though, I mean, it's critically acclaimed. It it won the award. It did. Um, it did. I, I, I don't think that um, it lasts in everyone's mind because I think that there are too many people that'd be like, nah, I'm not going to watch it. I feel like I don't know anyone who hasn't seen that movie. Yeah, I know a lot of people who've seen it. I know I know people who've seen it multiple times, which is kind of rare for the type of movie it is. And totally. I, I think maybe it you're thinking more of like the genre it's in that a lot of people don't really like seek that out when they're streaming something on Netflix, and that's fair. I think the 
the people that are in it, like seeing Rachel McAdams or something in it would get a lot of people to watch it anyways. And I think it's always been pretty popular when it's on Netflix or another streaming service. So um, everything that you said was (laughs) wrong, (laughs) essentially. And I I should have skipped you. <laughs> uh, no, but no, I, I, I do think I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, Nick, and I and I, I always think of my like, I always think of my my uh, my dummy dad. my dummy family. I wonder yeah, if I mean, there are like, like Catholics have... or like people that like sure can't stand this movie. Like I, I guess I didn't think about that because I'm unbelievably not religious, but there are probably people that are offended Sorry. by this movie. <laughs> yeah. I would bet a lot of money you're right, you're right on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all of our uh, Catholic listeners, why don't you write in and let us know and identify yourself. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, Nick, what are the scores, uh, please, sir? Hold, please. Our quant is uh, calculating. Hold, please. Um, Hold, please. Holding. Should we do? Should we you do guys like brought some... up every single what? thing that I had in Whoa. my notes, and I no, and I'm very that happy can't about be that. right. What the no. numbers? No, that what? can't be right. That can't be right. You guys, hold on, you're, hold on. You're making me Jesus. nervous. No. I am worried, and I actually think this is more exciting no than this section out. <laughs> hold on, no, like for real. I think that, dude, no, that can't be. Oh my god! You re- need you need to say. Is it, it really my point five that's going to settle this? Wait, is that close? Oh shit! Holy is that close? I didn't see that coming it is at all from how you guys. Eighty-seven to eighty-six point five. Shut the fuck up! Out of one hundred and five, which one? Spotlight? No, presidents, man. No way! That could not that's not how right. that was supposed to happen. Calculated this. That is right. not how that was supposed to happen. I honestly yeah, can't. The believe way that, that you guys all talked about it wow. was like, I like pres- all the presidents, man. It does all but these spotlight. things really well. But <laughs> spotlight, I like more. It's more fun. I think there was moments though because there was the originality really brought uh, spotlight down and so. eye candy really brought uh, all, all the, the presidents, man, up. up by Nick and uh, Alec. Yeah, I think it's fair, and we get to declare the winners, wow. all the presidents, men <laughs> by surprise. The underdog wins it, but you know, really, by the, point the more famous movie, I guess. Um, do you, do you guys want to do some accolades? Want to just give out really quick awards? What do you think? What do you I'm who or what do you think won these this. awards? Um, a wife. A, oh, we're not doing the all star team. A wife. <laughs> oh, do the all star team. A Fine. wife, a kid, a dog, and a cat. That's the all star. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a very weird reference to it. Uh, Just a great line. Says it twice. Of spotlight is my all-star team. Okay, nice. But and and no, no one from uh, <laughs> uh, all the presidents. Then it's weird that Dustin Hoffman and and uh, Robert Redford weren't nominated. And then when you guys were talking about it, I was like, yeah, is this like one of their better performances? And I I don't think so for either of them. Wasn't I mean, Hoffman and nominated? Both extremely celebrated. Wasn't he nominated for supporting? Nominated. I don't think anyone was. Really? Maybe he was. I don't was. think he was. was. It was just Jason Robards and Jane Alexander. Really now? Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. We'll skip accolades. Fuck accolades. Uh, I got plenty of recommendations uh, if you really like these movies Shocking. and you want to watch ones that are similar, uh, similar-ish. Uh, if you want to watch another They Knew Mark Ruffalo movie in which he says they knew at least six times. Uh, I <laughs> recommend the movie Dark Waters that came out last year. It's Does a Todd he Haynes movie. He says they knew at least six times in it, but it's like, 
I think I think Dark Waters is an extremely important movie, and it's very strange it got overlooked. It's a lot like Aaron Brockovich in terms of what it's what it's about. Um, it'll make you pretty disturbed at what DuPont has done to this country because you guys have all been poisoned by DuPont at some point in your life. Um, Sad day. I also, if you like all the President's Men, but you want a wacky version of it, Wag the Dog is a pretty great movie. Um, Kirsten Dunst as a kid. It's basically uh, a, a satirical retelling of this, which is also in uh, Forrest Gump as well. There's kind of a funny moment where he calls when the Watergate people uh, are sneaking in. He's like, I think that their electricity is out and they, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a <laughs> uh, couple, have you guys seen Kill the Messenger with uh, Jeremy Renner? No, but I love Jeremy Renner. Uh, yeah, yeah, I actually. Jeremy thought Renner, it was a the great country musician? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I wish I could films. do the beginning of his song that uh, Crystalia used to do. Uh, cancel Crystalia. Um, b- uh, bad Education. You, gotta came bleep, out this you should year. bleep I, his name in post. <laughs> yeah. That podcast um, did. Uh, you guys should watch If You Love Hugh Jackman and You Love uh, um, Allison Janney. Uh, I highly recommend uh, Bad Education, which came out last year. It's an HBO original movie. Um, it is more of like – it's not a journalism movie. It's more of like exposing a pretty fucking dark thing Historical that the school drama. did. Yeah. It's, it's kind of got a little bit of comedy elements to it as well. Um, I recommend any of Robert Redford's many journalist movies because he's been in like five or six. Uh, but I also recommend – three days of the condor with him which is an amazing thriller and there's this moment that someone i thought was going to bring up in all the president's men where he's running he's running outside and then he stops and like looks back at the camera and it's like that thriller moment that that is exactly like the end of three days of the condor oh and the last one is shattered glass um, no, I didn't tell you what happens. In it. <laughs> uh, the last one is Shattered Glass, which is a really good journalism movie, and Hayden Christensen is is fucking good in it, and oh, that shocker. pains me to say. <laughs> no, no, he's he fits the role. He plays Stephen Glass really well, and I highly recommend it. First of all, it's free everywhere because it's like IMDb TV free or whatever. But uh, I highly recommend it because. Uh, it's such an interesting story. Uh, you guys, you guys would love that. All right, any recommendations that anyone else has? I kind of named every movie. My that's God, come out. You guys go first. After that, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it's not like you're gonna like. I'm like one upping. I'm just giving extra things that people can yeah, watch you're if they right. want you're to. You're multiple upping. No, I'm good. Yeah. You did it. I'm good. You handled Dude, it. Watch Gabe. everything. We appreciate you. Hey guys, I also I recommend. That everyone go and check out Alex. Uh, Instagram. He has a couple Instagram pages that I want people to check out. One is not that anyone asked, uh, where he he uh, has posts about like some cool trivia from some movies um, with some clips, and because he's a clip man. Um, and he check also your goddamn does clips, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, he also uh, does, like, his top nine of, like, very specific categories. So very interesting if you want to hear more of his opinions or see more of his opinions there. But also check out his production company, Decade. They've done a lot of really cool projects, one of which I got the um, great opportunity to work on for a day. It it was really fun. So um, check out his short films when they come out and his commercials. Thanks, dude. 
Yeah. Um, as far as recommendations. Oh, he does have recommendations too. Uh, we normally just like Gabe rant about this, but please, please. <laughs> kind of throwing I it off. I watched a really cool documentary called Making Waves that's all about oh. sound design and score in the history of cinema. Um, another one I watched for cinephiles that was great is Hitchcock Truffaut, the documentary, not mm. the book. The book's also fucking great. Um, <laughs> How <about> you read? <laughs> when I poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Never Rarely Sometimes Always oh, uh-huh. so, um, it's on more, HBO Max the more that movie sits with me the better it gets I like uh, that movie's following or... me around there's every person in my life you gotta, is like... you gotta do it you'll love it um, and then lastly just because this isn't new but it's uh, unorthodox I feel like is still a super under which was just nominated show. for a golden globe to, or Speaking multiple of. Golden Globes today. <laughs> Let's not talk about the Golden Globes. Fuck, <laughs> fuck the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association. If you're listening to this and suck. you wanted to offer me a job, I don't know what you guys do, but you're you're really no dumb one knows what really you do. Out of touch with no one knows what yeah, you do. No one gets it. Yeah. Um, um, but if we're just one. doing if we're just doing like Rex, I mean, I feel like we should yeah. address Gabe. Like we we just Promising Young Woman is a movie that everybody should go see right so now. It's just good. so much fun. And then fun. please read my review. After. Yeah, Gabe oh, posted uh, a review that's great. I recommend anyone that cares enough. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you probably care. Um, uh, go check out my Letterboxd account. Um, Letterboxd is really awesome for cinephiles if you're not on there. Cool um, reviews. You rate and review movies. And it's really just like a good place for amateur uh, reviewers and stuff. And actually some professional uh, critics as well are on there. Um, I'm Gabe underscore Siegel on there. But I've been writing a bunch Ooh. of reviews lately and it's it's bringing me joy. And he just um, posted about Promising Young Woman, which is just I did. literally so much fun. So you can watch also it read and talk my to us review about it. About uh, our movies that we're doing next week, there you go. Uh, which are... Uh, the little things <laughs> versus, and I'm not going to say any opinion about it, the little things versus Seven, the classic David Fincher film with Brad Pitt David. and Morgan Freeman. It's going to be a fire mo- uh, fire episode. They are both on HBO Max, by the way, so everyone that has HBO can watch it. Uh, you could also follow us on Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash Facing Off Pod. Don't do Flash. <laughs> Just look up Facing Off Pod for uh, Twitter and Instagram, and you'll see our new podcast art, which we're so fucking happy about. Thank you, Connor, again. For yeah, shout out that. to Connor. Thank you. That's just the funnest art ever. It's so cool. Absolutely. Hey, guys, does anyone have a send-off? It's an on-denial-denial! <laughs> <laughs>